Hello, All Beer Inside listeners. We here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 147 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on September 16th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most of the listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Uh, after the last month uh, in the USA, we're returning back to our home province of Quebec. Uh, we're up in the Laurentians, and joining me is Eric from Anorak Brewery. Yes. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. Uh, Eric nice is owner, brewer, and chef. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're there are basically two master brewers. Uh, Mm -hmm. working here me and my partner and we also have a brewer that works with us Um, of course because I'm taking care of the kitchen I spend most of my time on that side of the business Uh, but I was involved in the design and the tune-up of all the beers that we uh, put out for people today cool awesome I love it and I mean I've discovered you guys online you're another brewery that opened during the pandemic yeah we just popped during the pandemic I think a lot of people say uh, it took yep. some courage to, to, to stay uh, polite uh, to do it. I don't know if it's actually courage or a, li- or a little bit of craziness or a mix of both. Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah. Both but, and, and money. I mean, you're already yeah. committed, right? You're designing this place for at least five years. Yeah, well, talking, the thing so. is, uh, we were designing the, the whole concept for the last five years. But the place here, uh, we got it by chance. Okay. After um, a failure of zonage in the area where we were supposed to open initially uh, so we 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 decided to to just dump the project at the other place and be out on the look for some places mm-hmm. that were already existing because cost of constructions also exploded during the pandemic yeah so imagine putting together a place like that it would be extensively expensive yeah, yeah. so we uh we came here one day actually someone referred us to a you know a real estate broker mm-hmm. and and she said, I, I talked to her on the phone and I say, hey, this is here's what I want. I want that many people being seated and, you know, like all the specs. And she ends up saying, hey, I have the place for you. I said, uh, don't start playing the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the broker don't that always, yeah, <laughs> always have the rest. So I, I, I gave it a shot and I came here and I said, that's it. This, this is here. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we started during the pandemic, but it was a calculated risk because we knew that it was tapering down in terms of how people were dying mm-hmm. out of this disease. I mean, there was... And most people, anyway. So yeah, yeah. let's not. That was two years yeah, ago. Yeah. Let's let's it's, let's it's, leave it in the past for now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you brought me out some great looking beers here to try, and some food we'll do yes. so later, a little later on. But yeah. uh, so, what beer am I trying? Okay. So Start. the beer number one is our uh, American Cream Ale. Okay. Beer styles of Cream Ale. It's, a lot of people think it's from Ireland mm-hmm. because of the Kilkenny, right? Uh, but it's not. Yeah. It's from the U.S. And why is it from the U.S.? It's because the U.S.A. had an abundance of corn which is part of the grain bill of a cream ale. And they said, hey, let's cut the barley with corn so we have a, we have a cheaper beer. But it turns out that the, the, the texture of the beer, it's almost like you know the difference between whiskey and bourbon. Mm-hmm. You get this kind of oiliness in the beer, so you f- you'll find this oiliness. Awesome. Very, very, very clean taste. Beautiful nose, as we do. Yeah. Toast. Cheers. Oh, that's clean. Yeah. That's crushable too. What is this, 5% roughly? Um, about 4.3, okay. 4.4. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I could see just sitting on the patio or inside here having oh, a yeah. couple of these with 
a oh, meal yeah. and, and I've seen online you do have quite the extensive menu on top of that. Oh yeah, so. we do, uh, we, we focus on American barbecue. All of our barbecue meats are more ready uh, for the dinner service. Okay. Uh, because um, we put them in the smoker in the morning, so mm. they smoke all day long and they're ready for dinner service. But we do have a very good menu for uh, lunch and we have probably one of the most, the most loved or best burger if not in Quebec, maybe in Canada. Nice. Uh, we make it from uh, freshly ground brisket meat, oh. and uh, we make our own mayos. We make we put black garlic mayo in it and our homemade wow. bacon, and it's it's a, and we also bake the buns. We make our buns ourselves, so it's they're absolutely amazing. Living here can be dangerous for me. It it's... is dangerous for me, and I'm the <laughs> chef. And as much as you want to get pissed off of your food because you want to <laughs> yeah, eat it too yeah. much, I just eat it all the time. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what brought you into the brewing industry? Because clearly you were a chef, but what made you decide to open a brasserie with yeah. the American barbecue concept? I, I, I'm what people call a serial entrepreneur. Okay. So I've had two businesses before that that were successful. I actually dumped one that was very successful to start this place. Uh, and I dumped it because it was a me business. I was in the media production business. And when the pandemic started, as you yeah. guys have experimented, my business f fell to zero. Yeah. So this project that was not supposed to happen before 2024, 2025, because it was more like a retirement planning project, ended up happening two years in advance, three okay. years even in advance, because, because I had nothing else to do. And if you leave me with too much time on my hands, then I start to plan yeah. some very dangerous plans. <laughs> and this is what happened with this one. So, um, so yeah, that's what brought me to, to start it. But I initially was a, a wine guy. Okay. Like I loved wine, yep. not making wine because I think people that are making wine are really wasting their time. And, and, <laughs> and uh, I was a wine guy, but my tastes in wine became very expensive. Mm -hmm. And at some point I said, hey, I was the only one drinking at home. So I said, uh, I, I got to move to something more affordable. And I, I moved to beer and I discovered that the, the range of flavors and the complexity can be as interesting to discover as for wine. Yeah. And I ended up uh, going at my cousin's place in, uh, in Germany and started to taste German beers. And then I was absolutely in love with that. Yeah. So a couple of years after I started to brew beer with my father, all grain, mm. and uh, uh, five years ago, basically. And then a year after I knew that I was going to be heading in that business one day, because you know what, when the economy goes great, people drink beer because they want to celebrate. Yes. When the economy crashes, they drink beer to forget. <laughs> so <laughs> basically it's a very stable business, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah alcohol is kind of, uh, you know, uh, like pandemic yeah it's friendly people, yeah <laughs> uh, i mean yes there was lineups that i know yeah. it's for safety purposes but there was lineups that say the saq near my house yeah we've spoken with more guys that have opened during the pandemic that have closed and that's fantastic yeah that you know and, and this is still a thriving business i know it's still a small percentage of beer drinkers but it's still out there well and and, and you know the pandemic helped me having more time to plan it properly because mm -hmm. i used to start businesses out of you know oh i'm gonna start that it's gonna be awesome and then I started in video. I was very successful, but the first couple of years, you know, a good, of pla a good planning ahead would have helped. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but now this time we were, I mean, we were ready to fire. That's why when we found this place, we said, let's go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful place. When we pulled up, I saw the fire pit outside with all the Adirondack chairs, uh, beautiful patio on the side, which yeah. I'm sure is full during the summer. Absolutely. And 
I'm guessing you might have heaters here for the winter too, because winters can be a little rough in Quebec. Yes. So. Well, and, and the thing is, we have, um, uh, during the winter, what we do is we, we take the patio out mm -hmm. and we take the fire pit you saw, we put it on the patio yeah. with the chairs around. Okay. People are coming back from downhill skiing or yeah. cross country skiing. They come inside, they grab a beer, they go outside, they sit on the chair by the fire, they drink that before they come in and eat. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Yeah, so we're, we're all about the whole customer experience. You know, we think that having a good restaurant with a good brewery, some people will come to discover the beer, they'll discover yeah. the food, and some people will come for the food and they'll discover the beer. Especially American barbecue with the popular, how popular it is. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And, uh, and, and, and the, the offer is not all that big. Yeah. You know, there are not that many restaurants serving that yeah. kind of food yet. Yeah, I know back when the first American barbecue joint opened in Verdun, where I live, I was like, oh my God, I'm so, and <laughs> first time I ever experienced like a smoked brisket yeah. and smoked turkey, and I'm like, where has this been? All? Oh yeah, it's been in America my whole yeah. life, not in Canada. Yeah. And now the scene in Canada with American barbecue is just getting bigger and bigger, and bigger. And, so. and, and thank God, because this is such good food. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, one of the, maybe the thing that was hard in the last year was to educate our, yeah. our, 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 you know, the population, our customers to what is a brisket. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when people know, they come and they're just eager to eat it. Yeah. But now they know. Now yeah. we, are, we, we make brisket every single day. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of American barbecue. I can't do it too much, obviously. I'm already overweight. I don't need to be even more overweight. So yeah. it's uh, maybe a <laughs> once a month thing where I treat myself to a good barbecue. And living in Montreal, I mean, our culinary scene there and, and seeing it here because you're a ski resort town when you think about yeah. it. So I'm sure people are coming in and like, oh, well, you mean I don't have to go to expectations or whatever? I can yeah. come here and have like this crazy brisket or whatever. It's, it's Did awesome. you hear about this movement jogging for barbecue? I uh, know. No, it doesn't exist. I just made it up, but it seems good, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I know, uh, you know, back in Montreal, there's Macellum and they have like a bicycle club. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to go on a big bike ride, but then we're going to come back and we're going to drink some beer. So I'm like, okay, that, you know, you balance it out. So. Oh, yeah. You got to treat yourself. I just yourself. drive everywhere and drink a couple of beers and I do enjoy responsibly. I know what my limits are and never drink and drive, clearly. Yeah. So it's uh, just take your time enjoy a pint and then go out about your business exactly you're mentioning that too when it comes to american barbecue did you have to educate the people in the area to the craft beer like you have the bud the not, really, not really not uh, really okay. we did uh, in the beginning we had people coming in saying hey i want a course light yeah and then we were like not we the place, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> place so uh but uh but we do have a beer for that okay the beer we have is uh, we made a light beer mm -hmm. uh that uh, we called the Edison Light. Okay. And uh, obviously for yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a uh, three. It's it comes out at three to three point two percent, pretty much. But it has the taste of a four point four to four point eight percent beer. Like you would be fooled mm -hmm. by it, thinking that it's actually a much higher alcohol content beer because the malt taste is very present. And how we did that is we we really relied on specialty malts to make it more malty and have mm. like a body that most light beer don't have because the way they make Coors Light is basically they yeah. brew Coors and they just dilute it with distilled water, which is not a way to make beer to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the name Anarak, that's pretty unique. Where does that come from? Okay, so Anarak comes from the fact that I'm a geek. My partner is a geek. And yeah, I see Le Revanche, they nerds. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both geeks and uh, my wife is a geek as well and she's also partner in the business. and. We thought that brewery geek didn't work. Yeah. We thought that brewery nerds didn't work. Okay. And anorak in British slang means a nerd. Okay. 
That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually, uh, and actually, if you check on my our cans of beer, mm -hmm. the description from Wikipedia is yeah. right there. If you look at Anorak on Wikipedia, you'll get the description. That's awesome. And the description is someone who has a strong interest in niche subject that is often not understood by the general public. <laughs> So this ex this expression was very popular. It was uh, basically when they were talking about anoraks back yeah. in the days in England. It was about the train spotters. Yeah. But then when computer science came back, it kind of revived mm -hmm. that that thing. So uh, that's why we call ourselves anoraks. And besides, it's a single word. It's simple yeah. to remember. Everybody know that word. And especially because I've suffered of that in the past, everybody know how to write that yeah. word. You know, so when you tell your 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 your, uh, your web address, they find it mm -hmm. because they write it properly. You don't have to register all of the variants around, yeah. right? Yeah, so, for sure. so that's uh, that's why we're called Anorax. Awesome. Uh, let's try the next beer here. So the next beer is a beer that we called uh, Sherlock, mm -hmm. and it's uh, Ameri it's an English brown ale. Oh, yeah. So you'll have uh, notes of uh, uh, grilled bread, mm -hmm. uh, hazelnut, chocolate, and a bit of caramel as well. Awesome. As we do. Cheers. Toast. Yeah, a little bit of multi backbone too. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Wow. And really well balanced bitterness because this is one of the things is we, we do mm. balance our beers really yeah. well. We make sure that all the beers we make, you know, they're not a slap in the face bitterness yeah. thing or a just malt, no bitterness mm -hmm. to kind of balance it. This, uh, to me, this is a campfire beer. Like literally sitting oh, yeah. out there in front of the fire. A absolutely. Having this. It's extremely popular. We've had mm. um, instant success with that one. Um, almost immediately ran out of cans when we uh, yeah. when we bought it out. The very first customer I had taste it, bought us a keg, right away. So it's a it's a very that's very the, strong uh, beer. That's that's a big like, yeah. this beer's so great I'm buying a keg. Yeah. And even if it's like the Coca Cola a slim. Oh no, it was it was even a thirty keg. liter, and they yeah, were, so he committed great. right away to it. To it. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, this beer is uh, um, I would say the first beer. It's actually the first beer that we've designed since we're open. Okay. Because all of the other ones had four years mm -hmm. of trial and tests and, and we just hit the center of the target right away with that one. Yeah. So this is the, one of the first beers that came out of NFX? That came out of NRX since it's open. Okay. Because the rest, all of the other beers, uh, Anthony and I mm -hmm. uh, designed them in the past four years. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, two super tasty beers so far. Uh, your logo, kind of the hop, but it's more or less square yeah. instead of flowery. What made you pick that as a logo for, for the business? So it's basically, if you look at it, it's yeah. the four ingredients of beer okay. that is hidden in that logo. Okay. So the circle represents like a puddle of water, mm -hmm. all right? And then you have the hop, yep. which is quite evident. Yep. And then here you have the barley. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. And then on top here, you have a flask of yeast. Wow. So it's all, it's very anorak. That's very meta. It's very anorak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't even think about that. Like now yeah. that you're mentioning it, it's, yeah, when you just, yeah, you're looking up the sign up there and I'm just cutting it off. And yeah, yeah it's exactly what you're, you're mentioning. That's cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, we really wanted the logo to also encompass the fact that we're nerds. Yeah. So, and, I mean, geek culture itself, you know, I hate to say it, but because of Big Bang Theory, it's become so popular. Yeah. And I've it's always... Now, it's now hip to be geek. Yeah, yeah. When I was young, I was a geek. I was, I was like rejected in yeah. school and everything. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. if you're a geek, 
You, you're the most popular guy yeah. now on the block. Yeah. When I was when I was 13, 14, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and people were like, "What's wrong with you, nerd?" I'm like, "But I'm still play soccer as well, so I'm an athlete too. So I'm both. I'm a Gemini. I can do yeah. both. Stop making fun of me." Yeah. Or I'll beat you up on the soccer fields. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it has to do with the fact that the geeks are making more money than the sports guy uh, now. Could be. Could yeah. be. Could have, a, Probably, could have something yeah. to do with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unless you're a professional sports athlete and then you're well, multi, multi, multi millionaire. So. But there's a lot less professional multi millionaire sports athlete than there are rich geeks. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at guys like Bezos and Zuckerberg and stuff, you know, yeah. just where they are to where they are now. It's, it's crazy. So. It's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you pretty much already mentioned why you, you named the beers you do. What made you stick with kind of just the basic orange label and not go like crazy and yeah. get some local graphic designer to go like wild yeah, and have Yeah, because everything. everybody does that. Okay. And the other thing is also the fact that initially what we have to, to, uh, to, to sit in is the, is the brand itself, mm -hmm. Anorak. And so all the labels are orange because we want them to be recognized. Now here's the thing. There's a second reason for that. Okay. And it's that we only had to print one single label. And yep. we're adding the name of the beer. And the reason for that is until we really stabilize our process and we get it figured out so that the percentage of alcohol doesn't move mm -hmm. from one batch to the other. Like if we print a label and the percentage of alcohol shifts yeah. considerably, then we have to throw 6,000 labels in the garbage, right? So by, but by doing it like that, we're going to stabilize everything. Once everything is stable, it will have given the time for the brand to kind of establish itself. Then we can start to mm -hmm. have different labels. But what we want to do is to use a different color for okay. each beer, yeah. but it will be the same basic label with some, some, some special thing done to the logo. Yeah, cool. And, and uh, um, I don't know, because I, I can tell you a bit about the naming of the beer and this will give you mm -hmm. about where we're going with this. So all the beer names, are actually names of people we identified as geeks in their yeah, area. Yeah. yeah, I saw Hawking's Edison. Yeah, and stuff like that. so Hawking, we're, we're probably gonna be on the logo having like the little arm of his computer screen. Uh, and for, uh, for the Irwin Pele, Irwin yeah. Pele is made with an Australian op. And because we make it with an Australian hop, mm -hmm. we named it Irwin for Steve Irwin. Yeah. And, awesome. and so it's got, they're going to be some crocodile stuff on that, <laughs> on that logo. So we just want to have subtleties yeah. that will identify the beers and have different colors. And they're all going to be flashy colors like that because we think that most of the, the, most of the problem right now, when I go to IGA or Metro mm -hmm. or any big, and I want to buy some, some, some microbrewery beer, it's insane. I get anxiety. <laughs> there are so many labels. There's nothing. I mean, it's hard. It's not even classified in any kind of... And it's not sorted in any kind of way. It's, you get there, there are IPAs, there are sour beer, there's yeah. other things. There's, sometimes it's the brewery, sometimes it's the style, and it's, it's insane. You can't yeah. find anything. So I want the, my labels to just stand out. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, my local IGA, the one I use, it, they, they sort it by brewery at least. So yeah. at least I know like, oh, I feel like Le Castor this week. I yeah. feel like, you, like you're not, unfortunately, unfortunately at this time, you're not at my IGA. Yeah. I could see you there in the future. Yeah. But it's like, okay, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, oh, I feel like a brewery, but then there's days where I'm like, I want crazy label art. But, exactly. and, and then, oh, I just want English bitters. So, yeah. know, my and that's one of the reasons why uh, right now we're in four locations mm -hmm. outside of here. Uh, one in saint Julie, one in Belay, and one in Blainville, which are the Station Bière et Fromagerie. Yep. And uh, we're in the Trois Rouges in Saint-Jérôme as well. Okay. And the reason we're there is because they have people on site. Like if you come in, yeah. you don't know my beer, and you ask for an English best bitter, they're going to direct you to the Hawking right away. Yeah. But awesome. if, if you don't have someone who's going to direct you to a particular beer, there are so many now yeah. that the chance that you're going to get picked up is almost like yeah. winning the lottery. 
I kind of mentioned like Station de Bière et Fromage. Uh, clearly, you have food, obviously. Yeah. Uh, do you have a food and beer pairing specifically, or do you just kind of make suggestions? We make suggestions for now, but there's going to be something on the menu soon. Okay. So we'll go. We'll say, hey, this this particular meal goes well with this or that. Mm -hmm. We do have uh, quite an extensive menu for a brewery. Yeah. And also, everything is homemade. Okay. Like yeah. we make everything we make all of our sauces make our mayos we make uh, everything mm -hmm. is made homemade awesome. all, all everything is fresh cut fries from the morning and uh everything you know like uh, the breading for our chicken we make it ourselves we have absolutely nothing that is frozen everything is fresh so sometimes yeah. when we reach sunday there's something we can run out of so the menu might have a few missing items on sunday because we just don't want to waste anything yeah. and we make sure that you know people you know can have fresh stuff mm -hmm. to eat because i hate frozen yeah. food plus i'm assuming i'm guessing you have local farmers coming up picking up your spent grain and all that stuff so it's like yeah a good kind of circle of you yeah. use that farmer but that farmer at the same time needs your help to feed his exactly animals, so. exactly right, speaking of the food let's try some shit yeah some so uh and on on one side mm -hmm. uh hold on oh they put only i think the barbecue sauce so this is uh, our the other sauce is on the there. other sauce on yeah. there okay so the other sauce is the uh the buffalo yeah. but then you're going to be able to try the, the our barbecue sauce that. so our barbecue sauce is made uh with uh, Jack Daniels and uh, mm. oh yeah yummy 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 in our uh, in our recipe for the barbecue sauce when we make a batch there is actually 3.4 liters of Jack Daniels okay. <laughs> in the thing so it's not just like a, yeah. let's drop a, a half ounce of Jack Daniels in there and see and now say that the sauce is made with Jack Daniels we actually really invest in that sauce to make it unique and to make it absolutely wow. uh, complex and to have tastes that also does not overpower the beer. Yeah. Now, I'm usually with the, when you're cooking with alcohol, you kind of burn off the alcohol content. Yeah. You're not worrying about like, I make a beer cheese, I'm not worried about getting drunk on beer cheese. No, exactly. <laughs> so. But we actually do, uh, what we do is we actually put our onions and, and our sugar and then we put the Jack Daniels and we flambe everything. Okay. Yeah. And then so. the buffalo sauce. And then the buffalo sauce. And this is again, this is a homemade buffalo sauce. So it's, it's a little bit subdued compared to what you would find as wow. a buffalo. It doesn't rip off your mouth, right? No. See, I'm very, I'm very light. I can't do crazy hot sauces, but this. This is good. Oh, I can have a bunch of those. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So mm. we, we also make wings that we serve with that. We have, and we, in, to make sure that we don't look like, uh, you know, the, the, the local uh, sports bar with, uh, with wings that are frozen mm. and dropped in, uh, in, uh, in oil. I are, love fresh pub fries too. Yeah, they're good. And the, uh, so we, uh, we have the whole wings. They're mm -hmm. whole, They're, they have like, you have the three parts yeah. on the wing and that's how we serve them. That's awesome. That's very rare you see that because it's usually either the flats or, or the- Yeah, or the, or the, or the, the drumstick, drumstick yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm, very tasty. So I've had those, What's, could I pair this next beer with? Yeah, so let's go to, let's move to the number seven, right. which is uh, our uh, Hefeweizen. So this is a weed beer, mm -hmm. and, but it's a German weed beer. Most people in Quebec drink Belgian wheat beer, yeah. the wheat beer, and not many breweries are making Hefeweizen. And I, uh, as a matter of fact, I have a lot of customers coming in and say, oh, I don't like white beer. I don't like, yeah. I don't like, and I say, hey, you probably only drank Belgian wheat beer Classic, so far. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so let's try the Hefeweizen. And most people, when they drink it, they say, hey, that's very different, and it is. Awesome, that's for you. Oh, that's cheers. Yeah, it's not like a crazy Belgian -y punch. I get like yeah. the weediness, a little bit of banana and cloves. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So that's that's uh, very different, and to me, a lot 
fresher because you don't and you respect the Rheinitz mm -hmm. Kebab for four. Yeah, the, the Rheinitz Kebab. Yeah. Yeah, the four ingredients yeah. of beer, where in the Belgian beer you get uh, apple, uh, uh, orange peels, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, coriander, coriander seeds. Usually. Yeah. yeah. So, but this is really just the yeast making the job of having the banana esters and uh, yeah. the clove. Yeah. I've had some crazy American Belgians that like present bubble gum too. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy the world of beer. And you mentioned like coming from wine to craft beer, you're the third person I know who's done that where it's like wine's getting too expensive. That's, uh, and all of a sudden yeah. they're at a brewery and they're like, whoa, what are these? How can I get this flavor at home? And like all the yeah. brewing all grain and uh, this guy I know he, a friend brought him to Hill Farmstead in Vermont. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, I like wine. And they're like, oh, try this champagne based yeah. beer. And he's like, oh, what's this? And then he's now he's ever since the border reopened, he's going to Hill Farmstead once a month. Yeah. So but, and, and, you know, the other thing that's important with beer is um, being geeks help. Yeah. yeah. Because all of the biochemistry that is behind beer is paramount to making good beers. Yeah. If you don't understand the biochemistry, it's not going to happen. Yeah, the world of brewers, everybody met, we met, like you come from a very diverse background. Yeah. Uh, one interview, like two guys have PhDs, one in yeah. history, one in something else. Other guys are like from heavy metal bands. It's yeah. like the diversity and each, when you think about it, each kind of level of geekiness, like being in a heavy metal band. Yeah, you're a geek you're for a music, geek. you're a geek for this, Absolutely. you're a geek for that. So, and you could see it at the beer festivals now. Yeah. It, it just continues. Even yesterday, as of our recording, we were at uh, Kahnawake's festival yeah. and their first ever kind of friends and family. And I'm like, oh, like this has to continue. And was, this, of, was this happening at Kahnawake Brewing? Co? It happened at Kahnawake yeah. Brewing. So, That's cool. Yeah, it was They're a great cool day. people. Yeah, uh, Drew's, Drew's an awesome dude. We, we always mm -hmm. love speaking with him when we can. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, so you're very new. I don't know if you have any brewery collabs you've done with other breweries yet. We are planning to do something with uh, okay. Melil. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So this is probably going to happen during the, the, the falls. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were the people, they were the ones that, that actually proposed us to do it. And uh, we're also going to be doing a collaboration with uh, Sir John in La Chute. Mm -hmm. So uh, both of them, uh, we've talked about it now. And the way we want to make the, the Melil one is going to be quite funny because we're going to have a live feed on our Facebook page at the time. Yeah. And we're probably, uh, what we want to do is we want to invent a beer recipe on the spot. Yeah. And we're going to get drunk a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, make sure you have a designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just make the beer recipe and mm -hmm. see how it turns out three weeks after. <laughs> I know um, because of the technology we have and because of Zoom and stuff, there's five breweries that collabed on Zoom to brew yeah. here. It's wild, like what can be done now. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it brings the customer close to what the process is. And mm -hmm. I think this is one of the greatest thing that we can, we yeah. can do is to, to offer our customers and our potential clients that they see what we're doing and how we're doing it and how much, you know, love we put into making this. Yeah. This is a labor of love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If there were a couple of dream collabs, either like you go back to Germany and, and that first craft, craft beer that got you into, like, could you imagine yourself? Brewing with those guys. Or, I would love to. You know, heading down to the U.S. Clearly, the Laurentians are not far from Vermont. No, exactly. So, we, could you see yourself going to brew with the brewery in Vermont? Ab like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We we did find uh, a brewery that is on the on the island in Wildwood. Okay. And uh, they actually have American barbecue just like us. <sighs> so one of the things that we want to do is to try to see if we could do a collab with them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that idea. Um, I asked this question. I know it's super rare because clearly, chef owner, brewer, if you have free time, if you have like somehow two weeks, sorry, 
if you have a two-week vacation, you could take what, off. What's free time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but so, let's say it happens. Uh, no. all, all everything's in order, and you could take a couple yeah. of weeks and go on that beer vacation you've never taken. Where are you going for? Yeah. for as, a, as a matter of fact, uh, at my old age, <laughs> I, I make it mandatory to take vacations. Okay. So uh, because otherwise, I'm just gonna get sunk into that yeah. thing, and, and because just I'm gonna a, burn out. I'm a guy who works a lot yeah. when I work, so I need to do it, yeah. and I, I learned to do it. Uh, yes, there is. Actually, one of the things I would like to do is go back to Germany mm -hmm. uh, because I haven't been there since I'm brewing beer. Okay. So I want to go back because I now have a different perspective. And I want to go around. Uh, what particularly I would like to go visit uh, Weyermann in Bamberg. Okay. And they also have a brewing system that works with wood fire. And I want to try cool. brewing a batch of beer on that. And the other trip that I would love to do is to do a kind of a farmhouse tour in Norway. And, okay. And you go. That's, that's and first I've heard of Nor Norway. That. Yeah. That's cool. Norway is um, is uh, is you know that Norway. One of our beer actually is called Akon Le Bon, okay. uh, Akon the Good, and this guy is a king of Norway that made it mandatory for people to brew beer for Christmas, and that was to promote Christianism. Okay. Right. And if you didn't brew beer, you were fined. Yeah. And if you did it again, you could be expelled from the country. And this is why the, 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 the Norway has a, like a, a, a landscape of beer that is wow. incredible. And it, like every single region have their, their kvike mm -hmm. uh, uh, strand that yeah. they use, like Hornendal or, or the, the, the Vos or anything. Mm. So they have all, different, all of these, uh, the, these uh, strands of yeast. And I would love to go there and see and ex experience it with their system. Because, you know, like the... the they dig, you know, like yeah. a, a, a hole in a in a, a beer a log, and then they drill a hole at the bottom, yeah. and then they fill it with juniper branches, and that's how they filter the beer. So it must give some sort of a yeah. gin taste to wow. the beer or something. Okay, so, I've never even thought of Norway. I've always said Belgium because I look like a monk, so I think it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you you could blend in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just gotta wear the robes. I actually did that one Halloween as I I bought a cheap robe and. I dressed up as a monk and uh, as a painter of Satan a beer and I walk around holding a, a beer bottle in my hand. So yeah, yeah, that's no, always fun. Yeah, well, definitely that would yeah. be that would be my trips. Could you see because uh, you're clearly surrounded by nature out here? Uh, could you see yourself getting some wild yeast out out there someday? That we there's some, that's something we can definitely try to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a beer that we want to come up with at some point that we want to call the Mornighters. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we do that, I would love to have it the most things local. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna be taking the water from a local well and we will define the style based on the minerality of the mm -hmm. water so that we have something that would happen like it happened in, in Europe in the, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the old days where, where the profile of the beer was defined by the water yeah. they had to, to work with. So that's the kind of stuff that we wanna do. That would make sense to try to, uh, to harvest a, a local yeast to do that. Yeah. It's also funny like listening to like history and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, well, They'd have to brew beer so they could drink water in England so they wouldn't die of dysentery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's try this uh, yeah. fourth beer you got here. So the number five is mm -hmm. uh, our Belgian Saison. Ooh. And uh, it's, um, it's actually uh, a recipe. This one, we didn't design it. Okay. And uh, this one was given to me by yeah. a friend who uh, is a master brewer in, uh, in Australia. Okay. And he started a few years back a brewery with friends. Awesome. And uh, he sent me that recipe and said, hey, Eric, make good use of it. Awesome. And uh, so we created that Toast. beer. It's called the Hergé because cool. it's Belgian. So we called it about nice. the guy that did Tintin. Okay. 
Oh, it's not as peppery as a normal saison. Yeah. Mm. Again, we're trying to look for balance when we make beer, so. Yeah, well, as you mentioned pre-show, you want your beers to balance with your food and your food to balance with exactly. your beers. And that's, that's a very, like, like you said, a very geek nerd way of looking yeah. at things. It's like, yes. And, and keep latitude, here, right? So, yeah. so that not only one beer will fit with a, speci a specific mm. dish. Okay, so it's the summer. So I'm out here for biking. Yeah. There's lots of bike trails. Yeah. Uh, I come here, I grab a good, good meal. I have a beer before I'm biking or I have a friend driving around. Uh, other friends in the area to try that you'd love to give shouts out to. I think uh, Iowan in uh, in Val Morin. Okay. Uh, they uh, they do a lot of uh, uh, organic beers, mm -hmm. and uh, the guys have a, and they 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 set up in an old church. Yeah. So it's it's pretty good. I like these guys. Of course, uh, Sir John in La Chute is definitely like if you're a fan of IPAs, yeah, it's that place. We've been lucky enough to interview them. Yeah, so. and uh, if actually uh, here on our 16 taps, mm -hmm. there's one tap that will keep pretty much for them because they're uh, they're kind enough to provide us with a keg of their beer when they have them uh, you can't find it many places yeah. outside of uh, outside of their breweries but uh, but we're really friends yeah. with Max there and uh, he provides us mm. with beer so we'll keep a tap for them because what the styles that they do yeah. is very far off from the ones that we make yeah well, that's when we interviewed them. They're like, yeah, we drank beer in Vermont. And we're like, we need to make these. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they started the brewery. So yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so those two. And then uh, even do, do any other local restaurants have your beers on tap that you'd like to shout out? Or? They actually can't. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to oh, have yeah. it. We got weird wacky yeah, laws. Exactly. So they're going to have it in cans. Yeah. So we're, we're, we already have uh, got our, our stamps okay. printed yeah. for the cans so yeah. we can start using them. Okay. Uh, there's a breakfast and lunch restaurant here in Morton mm -hmm. Heights that will have our beer. There's a cafe that will have our beer. Okay. And we're probably going to be in a few spots in Saint Sauveur yeah. as well. And this is your new one. Do you see, do you see as, as, a, as a, a brand going, doing festivals the next couple of years and um, trying to get the name out there to Montrealers who don't really know about yeah. you guys? Cause I, I literally just Google like, oh, new breweries. And it's like, oh, and I'm back in the Laurentians. And they're like, oh, it's only an hour away. Like, yeah. I got to go speak to these yeah. guys. So. Yeah, we, we, we probably will, but when we're ready. Because okay. I, I'm a big advocate of walk before you run okay. in business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know for once, uh, the guys at uh, Bière Philosophale, yeah. they were in the Laval yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, they got completely out of stock yeah. in no time after the, yeah. uh, after the festival. So uh, they need to now restock their entire mm. thing. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. I, I just, cause we, we were lucky again, Mirabel, uh, we, we interviewed Philosophel and it's like there was, uh, speaking with Max, uh, yeah. uh, Xavier wasn't there. So it's like just speaking with Max and he's like, dude, it's, we're not stopping. Yeah. And I was there the Friday before like people were from work and stuff. And whenever there's beer festival, I like taking the Friday off cause there's less people. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll do it the Friday. I'll speak with all the brewers I know. I'll, I'll make new contacts with brewers I don't know. And then we'll just go from there. And then I'm just standing there with Max and we're drinking beers. I'm like, oh, there's other breweries I got to drink, dude. Like, I'll be back in a bit. And I come back. He's like, yeah, I'm out of this now. I'm out of this. I'm like, it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. So. Festivals are putting a big uh, strain on, on all. It's, you know, mm. it's, it's very hard to be able to, to, um, to live after the festival in a, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, so for us, we're going to get there and we're going to get there slowly, but surely. Uh, now what we do, for example, this weekend, there's the, uh, the super folk festival in mm -hmm. Morn Heights. Uh, we're there with food, uh, but McCoslin is, is uh, the sponsor of the, yeah, uh, the yeah. event for now. Uh, we're already in talks to be, uh, providing the beer next year awesome. instead of McCoslin. Love it. Uh, so this kind of stuff for now, and then yeah. we're going to start to expand when oh. we're ready. 
you've just passed a year. Yes. So. Yeah, and we only got like, our brewing <laughs> permit on the fourth of April. Yeah. Yeah. Any other like was the sound very welcoming of, of having a brewery here? Actually, you would not believe it. We uh, we are most of the restaurants in the area, especially in Saint Sauveur. They get 80% tourists and 20% mm -hmm. locals. Yeah. Here, we're pretty much 50 to 60% locals. That's impressive. And, yeah. And that's because people, the, this town was ready yeah. to have that. Yeah. Like when the guy who originally built this building 10 years ago uh, started, he started with an English pub in that place. Okay. And the town was not ready. There was yeah. not enough people to sustain a business like that. So, but now, I mean, I love that he had this vision because I didn't have to build all this beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and now I'm just renting it, so which is great. Uh, and I didn't have to do anything to, to, to get started. We started in two weeks after we, we wow. signed the lease agreement. So, so everything was pretty much there. We just added the tables and the chairs and we fixed a few things and there we were, we were ready to go. Especially uh, the, the kitchen was empty, so we had to bring all yeah. of the equipment in the kitchen, but that's pretty much it. So we, uh, you know, I, I love that the guy had this vision 10 years ago and the guy is, is actually a customer here. That's awesome. And he's coming in. I told him, I said, Mike, you know what? We're going to make you proud of this place because yeah. this is what you wanted to do. I know it because people told me and he was very moved by the fact that you know, we were aware of that and we wanted to make the, the place shine. Yeah. I mean, we, we say time and time again, you know, support, yeah. Okay. I'm going to Vermont. I'm going to New York state. I'm going, but I'm only going to local breweries. Yeah. And we are all about support your local brewery. Yeah. Even if you don't drink beer, somebody in your life drinks beer, get yeah. a gift card. Even if you don't drink beer, buy some merchandise, yeah. bring back a four pack back to yeah. Montreal for a friend. It's, yeah. There's no question. There is no way you cannot support a local business now. Yeah. There are so many of them. And, and I think the that's... difficulty for me is what one do I support this paycheck? Yeah, <laughs> so... exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that uh, the, the pandemic has made people more aware mm -hmm. of that necessity to support yeah. a local business. Yeah. Like, for example, we have a, an appetizer of, uh, of sauteed mushroom in here. Oh. Uh, they are grown in Valmorin. OK, cool. So it's, you know, we, we try to buy the stuff as locally as possible mm -hmm. and as much as it's possible, because the problem is we don't have big farms around here. So uh, at some point, yeah. I mean, at least it, like the meat, we buy Canadian meat. Mm -hmm. So see, yeah. so it's, uh, we, we try to be as local as we can yeah. with the restrictions that we yeah. have. I mean, you got to be realistic too. Like you said, Australia, like, you know, Canada doesn't at the moment have a huge hop scene. Yeah. But, oh, okay, so I could get hops from Australia. I can yeah. get hops from the U.S. And, but you're supporting a local hop grower. You're yeah. supporting a local farmer who's making these hops. Exactly. So th th that's the way I see it. It's not like you're going to a Molson brewery in downtown and like, oh, I need hops. And I'm sure with you, like you mentioned, you deal a lot with Sir John. Is oh dude, we're out of crystal malts. Can you pass me a bag? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but we're out of this. Yeah. So can I? And yeah, initially he was the guy who was providing us with the cans because yeah. when we started to can our beard, we, there was no way we could buy a full pallet, yeah. and we couldn't have a breakdown yeah. of a pallet either. Yeah. And but talking about the origins, uh, this is one thing that we do also for our beer. Like for example, when we brew the Hefeweizen you just tasted, uh, mm -hmm. number seven. Uh, which is called the Levi Strauss because he was the inventor of the blue jeans. We think this is geeky enough. Uh, the, this beer, we use the hops that grew in, in, in Germany. Okay. We don't use the, the same, like Hallertau can be fine anywhere, like grown in Oregon or something. Mm -hmm. We buy the ones that is grown in, in Germany. We buy the grain from, uh, from Weyermann. So the, the, also the, the, the barley and the malt, uh, the wheat malt mm -hmm. is from Weyermann. Yeah. Um, we get the, the yeast strand the, for the Hefeweizen, which is pretty classic. It's actually originally from Weinsteffener in, in Germany. And uh, so we, we buy the proper yeast to make the style. 
and the last thing is we also balance all of the minerals of the water to what the minerals are in the water in the area where they brew the beer. So awesome. we're, we're trying to be as, as close to the classic style as we can. Yep. We, we pretend, we pretend, that's self, you know, <laughs> it's our claim that Har Hefeweizen is the closest thing to a beer, a Hefeweizen that you would drink in Germany. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to kind of stick almost with the Reinskeblad when you think about it. Yeah, so. exactly. It's very important. Yeah, no, so, I mean, I've been, I'd say I've been drinking craft beer about 15 years now because um, where I used to work, the Mondial was right next door. Yeah. And then I have one beer. I'm like, whoa, what's this? Yeah. No, this isn't a Guinness. This is a delicious stout. Yeah. What's a sour? Yeah. And it's like. Exactly. And then, and friends are like, oh, no, no, dude, you could go to the bud tent and get a full glass for a dollar. I'm like, no, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Like if if I'm together with the guys or whatever, and we're having a big event or we're at a sports event, yep. yes, I will buy an uh, an a Molson or Coors if I have yeah. to. And you know what, but, the, the wine guy that yeah. gave me my wine tasting courses and everything mm -hmm. had one sentence that can apply to beer as well, and it's drink less and drink better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so it's just like for wine, stop buying the the cardboard <laughs> box with the bag inside and. You know, like this, this thing where you yeah. stop doing this. All right, we got one more beer here to try. Yeah, so we got one more beer. Yep. Uh, it's our stout. It's an oatmeal stout. Yep. And uh, it's a beer we've designed to be the easier to drink kind of stout. Yeah. It's, it's not an imperial stout. It doesn't have like a very heavy sugar content. It, you will find notes of coffee and dark chocolate. Nice. And, uh, and you don't have... This is one thing that I wanted to adapt because I was not a, a stout drinker mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. I didn't like stouts. And I realized why. It's because of the acrid taste you have sometimes at the back of the tongue yeah. when you're, you're done drinking it. So we found a way to adapt the recipe so that this acrid taste is non-existent. Toast. Toast. This is bringing me back to that first oatmeal stout I ever had from uh, Brutopia. Yeah. So it, it's meant to be easy to drink. Uh, you know, a lot of time people say that a stout is not a summer beer, and yet this is one of the beer we ran out of yeah. during the summer. Yeah. Like we weren't able to produce it as quickly as it was requested. Yeah. What I like to ask is what's next? Could you see yourselves doing a barrel aging program? Could you see yep. yourselves? Um, we, I mean, the, the building looks pretty, but maybe get a little bit more patio yeah. towards the, the trees. Yeah. Like, what, what's next is Anarakis brand? Well, in terms of, because uh, you just mentioned it, like aged beer, barrel aged beer, we, uh, we have a, um, an agreement with uh, a distiller okay. uh, that is in the Mirabel region. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to, they're, they, they're making a bourbon and they're going to give us one of their casks and we're going to age a beer in one of their bourbon casks. And when, they're, when we're done, mm. just like it was done in the past, we've heard about breweries and, and distillery doing that, we're gonna send the cask back to them and they're gonna make a bourbon in our uh, beer cask. Cool. So Love this it. is one thing we're gonna do. But if we're talking about next step, like the very next step is we want to increase the size of our brew house because right now we're using two one barrel brew house mm -hmm. and we make a double batch in each to fill one of our uh, four barrel um, fermenter. Yeah. Uh, we want to get something that will just reduce the workload for that and have like uh, four barrels brewed in one batch and yeah. that's it. Uh, and something that have integrated CIP and everything so that we can, you mm -hmm. know, get a, an RD. But the next thing also is um, we can foresee in the future that we would be opening an industrial facility where okay. we would be uh, producing everything we have in can mm -hmm. in there. But we will keep this one here open yeah. for uh, the part where we, uh, where we make the beer for our taps and yeah. 
So you're doing the other way of what Lavier does, because Lavier is industrial, but they want to open a brew pub. Yeah. And now you're kind of a brew pub with a restaurant, and you won't open industrial. Yep. So. But we quickly realized, you know, with the beer scenes nowadays, yeah. uh, the, the, the problem, if you, you got to get your beer known. And the mm. best way to do it is through a brew pub. Yeah. So that's why we started that way. And uh, we're going to move on to industrial when the beer starts to sell more in, yeah. in stores because it's more well known. And uh, we also forecast that there's going to be a big return to classic styles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got the IPA uh, trend uh, in the 2010s. Yep. And then we kind of see already that the IPA trend is fading out. A lot of people are coming in asking for lager or good blonde beer or something like mm -hmm. that. Very simple. And uh, very simple, but yet hard to make because yeah. you can't hide any defect in a beer like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so the second uh, the second trend that we had that started around 2016 and now is kind of starting to fade out is the sour beer and the the, the um, um, how do you call it the the smoothie beers. The smoothies, yeah. 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 So yeah. they're they're kind of starting to fade out now, and uh, a lot of uh, experts are are forecasting that the classic styles are going to start being popular again. Honestly, I really appreciate you taking time in your schedule to speak with us about uh, uh, Anadak and the menu. And I look forward to grabbing lunch after we're done our interview here. Um, I look forward to a big future here for yeah. Anadak. Uh, hopefully, we can come by and just enjoy a beer with you one day. Uh, but we're also super busy with the shows. So. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's it's coming out to the Laurentians and, and meeting guys like yourselves who are so passionate about what you do. And, and I love hearing your stories. So. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for making all the way up here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's not all that far from Montreal. It's no, about thank, only 45 thankfully. minutes no. to an hour, yeah. depending on traffic, of course, because the Highway 15 is a, is a, yeah. is yeah, quite a road. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Google helps you for that yeah. part. Uh, so thank you for coming out yeah. all the way here. Awesome. So let the audience know where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram, Brasserie Anorak. You can find us on Facebook, Brasserie Anorak Brew Pub. Uh, you can find us on the web, brasserieanorak.ca. And, uh, and also, we strongly recommend that you make a reservation when you come, because if you come from Montreal, come here. And often on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, we're complete. So you don't want to come here and have to turn your back around and go to a lesser restaurant there or brewery, right? <laughs> so you want to come here. So just make a reservation. We, have, uh, we work with Libro. So when you go on our website, you will find a place. We're at 2 Meadowbrook uh, on, in Morn Heights. Awesome. Uh, so all that's going to be available in the show notes. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.